So the good news, I believe, is that we are slowly getting to the end of this global pandemic, although it keeps saying, oh, no, you're not, mm. every time we think we are. So, and, um, and I think it depends where on the globe you are. And where you are, right, exactly. Yeah. Um, but regardless, let's, let's hope that's where we're headed. Uh, however, I got a question for you, Dean. We? Uh, <laughs> okay. No, you. Just you. I'm not, I'm not talking about both of us. Why would I do that? That's weird. Um, although we have Torn here with us, too, in the... In the uh, ah, in we. The, see? Yeah. yeah. So, okay. okay. Um, at any rate, I'm just wondering, what, you know, what, what have you been doing during this extended pandemic difficulty of seeing people and not seeing people, etc.? Have you been just, you know, slovenly lying on the sofa sipping wine and... and um, Things we don't want to talk about? There have been moments. Okay. Right. Fair enough. But, I don't think that's wrong to say about just about anybody. Yeah, but I think you're raising a very you know, important- Have you done anything to improve yourself? That's, you see, a lot of folks, I remember reading about this at the beginning of the, the, the lockdowns mm. where, okay, we got to be inside. We can't go out. We can't do this. We can't do that. What, it, what can we do? Let's take this opportunity. We don't want to look back on this time and say, I didn't take the opportunity to- better myself i don't know i think it's kind of like when television first started everybody thought it would be a great medium to better ourselves with well you yeah know, well, what do you mean are you saying it didn't no i don't think it did oh, well, <laughs> but I, look I, think, I did i did start out with some high ideals well i think is this sort of like a you know we did a, sh a podcast on um on New Year's resolutions around the globe mm -hmm. uh, and things like that in, um, I don't know, it seems like a 400 years uh, ago. About 23 years ago. Yeah, yeah. and um, but regardless, it's back there somewhere. You can find it. And um, in, But one of the things we pretty much agreed on that is most of those things fizzle out pretty quickly. So um, did you have anything that... Um, that you didn't fizzle out on? Well, may we, monsieur? Oh. I, I decided that I would try to brush up my French, which is... Not your Shakespeare, but your French? Not my Shakespeare. No, not that, that's a whole other Different adventure. story. Yeah. yeah. But, but um, my, my, French, my street French has always been adequate, mm -hmm. um, but not good. Not, not, not great. Just okay. enough to almost get me in trouble. And I think I've, I've spoken in some podcasts before about uh, some of the problems that I've had in, yes. in, in France with my, with my French. Yes. Well, at um, least in Paris, at least. In Paris, that's yeah, for sure. Yeah. Right. They can be tough on you with, when you're, when you don't pronounce things well. It, so, so, I, so, so I so did, did you yeah. do? So, well, so I've been taking French lessons again. Ah. And, uh, and in fact, most recently, uh, I had one just the, the other day. And uh, once again, I was struck by so many of the cultural issues involved in English speakers learning how to speak French. Okay. And even working with my, my maître, my teacher, um, the, the, the style of learning was very much... A, a reflection of French culture. Is that right? And the idea that there's a right way and a wrong way, and it's based on a logic that is uniquely French. And once you get the logic, then you understand where everything is going. Mm -hmm. But not being the French speaker, I don't have that logic, and not being a French national, I don't have that logic. So... 
it's very hard for me to imagine what that would be mm. until I'm told it. Mm. And then it then the, the clouds start to part. Yeah, uh, you can make some and sort of sense of it. And then I can make some sense of it. Okay. And I mm. was struck by the fact that this whole process is 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 reflective of some very unique aspects of French culture, which I think we should talk about. Well, I also think that you can you say can you introduce yourself on this podcast right now in French? Oh, je m'appelle Dean. Je m'appelle Dean Foster. Je suis heureux. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, uh, I understand that. That's yeah, scary. I that too. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's a, all right. Well, can you introduce me? No, I think it's best that you introduce okay. yourself. <laughs> I'm not doing and it in French. And this is Tom Peterson. Thank you very much. Thank you. And Torin again is with us in studio for this uh, podcast. Oui, merci. And there you know, look at you over there. Uh-huh. <laughs> Take that beret off, first of all. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> okay, well, so you sound good over there uh, doing your uh, French impersonation or whatever the heck you were doing there. Um, it, it's It's something that is have you re- you really been keeping up with this huh you've you've like cuz we were saying about you know not being able to uh I have I've already passed through the subjunctive which was amazing oh my yeah. well you can take a shower and clean that off i think <laughs> i would just use it sparingly yes <laughs> yes when well, look, I think you're correct in that there are cultural definitely cultural aspects we can talk about with with France about this and that would make perfect sense because this is Oops, Your, your culture Showing. All right, France. I love France. And it's marvelous. Yeah. The culture is phenomenal uh, in many, many ways. Patisserie, um, boulangerie. That's what I remember uh, when I'm, I'm in France. Well, that's what I go to croissant. first. Well, you have your priorities right, don't you? Le joie de vivre, you know, the, yeah. the way of life. Um, I could see you, Tom, as a flaneur, a boulevardier, you know, someone who's the man about town wa- strolling the streets of Paris, look, <laughs> looking to get himself in sophisticated trouble. I've actually, I've actually done that. So, <laughs> because I had no idea what I was talking about, but I was, I was trying to do it. Uh, sure. Well, as as being a member of the uh, United States and um, having a mixed background, I, we, our tradition is that we always say things like, "Well, I've got, you know, I've got French relatives." Um, which I do fairly, fairly substantial vein of, uh, of generations before that came from France. Mm. It doesn't help me at all in understanding anything about well, France. Uh, or for not speaking the languages, you're not going to speak the language. Doesn't help me either. Right. <laughs> so, um, so you're, you're learning to speak French over your, your, you knew how to speak some French. You, you were increasing your it, abilities. Taking the opportunity. Excellent. Right. And uh, good for you, by the way, for, because um, so many people have had difficulties with the pandemic and that's a, at least a bonus area for you. Um, so, so, so talk to me a little bit about, about France and the different things that have influenced it and why it's such a, it's such a remarkable culture over the years. It is remarkable. And like all major cultures, certainly um, there have been aspects of French culture that have influenced 
um, significant portions of the world. Yeah. And, you know, if, if you, um, one, one of the aspects of French culture that I think the French are very proud of is the Enlightenment tradition, which they believe um, they created and they one of the great gifts that French culture was given to the world. Now, politics aside, you know, these things can get um, twisted around. And certainly French imperialism and French colonialism uh, was um, in many ways justified by this idea of the French gift to the world of enlightenment. Mm. And in so doing, they were able to colonize a good good bit of the world as well. Uh, but they're not the only ones guilty of, of imperialism and, and colonization. Right. And um, perhaps... Um, if uh, one of the, if one of the upsides of that horrible process was going to be uh, understanding the enlightenment that's not so bad uh, to be put into the mix um look 1789 the great french revolution 1776 the revolution in the us there's a connection here um and and there's a connection between these two countries which is which is profound and 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 while the U.S. was founded on British traditions, and many of which were rejected, there's a significant influence of French traditions in 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 American culture. Well, I also US think American there culture. was also the the influence that happened because of the idea that the French supported the the U.S. Revolution, um, maybe not totally willingly, but they eventually did support it. I, and we had some very significant people here um, from France who helped in the in the revolution. Some who were uh, Lafayette, who was who was um, years later came back and was uh, dragged around the the young country and saluted everywhere for his participation in the in the, the revolution. Right, exactly, and and one could you know. Um, simply say that, uh, well, the reason they did is because anybody fighting the British, they'd be allies with. Mm. <laughs> and so, True. That, and, and in a way, that is in, exactly in, what happens. In yeah. a way, that's a simplistic analysis, but there's some truth to it. But yeah. And so so how does that manifest itself today? What do right. we get? So, you know, I think it, it, it's often a double-edged sword. You know, there is this um, aspect of admiring this tradition, this enlightenment tradition in mm. the French, uh, but not really understanding it. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's important, certainly if you're traveling to France, if you are doing business with the French, to recognize what is it that is uh, that makes the enlightenment tradition so important to understand. Okay. Because it's going to affect how you negotiate with the French, how you make proposals to the French, how the French, uh, how you react to their reaction to you. And, and I guess what I'm talking about is this aspect of the rational mind. Mm -hmm. And it goes back before the Enlightenment. Um, it goes back to the philosophical traditions that I in France began with Descartes. And, and I hope, you know, people aren't snoozing out on this because <laughs> I get all excited when I talk about this stuff. Uh, I can see that. It, I'm a little nervous, actually. <laughs> <laughs> what, did, what did Descartes say? Je pense donc je suis. Ah, René. Ah, René. 
I think, therefore I am. There you go. So part of the Enlightenment tradition was that we can use our rational mind to logically solve our human problems. Okay, I think we've lost that one in recent years. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about ideals here. We're not talking about uh, how it actually okay. plays itself out. Okay, yeah, But the belief that with enough training, yes. we can train <laughs> the human mind to solve human problems, mm -hmm. okay? And this idea of training the way we think, yeah. of thinking logically, it's actually taught in French schools. It's called Cartesian logic, mm. and where children are thought to question. So why, 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 why? Give me more information. Give me more information. I need more detail until I have enough detail to eliminate all other possibilities, which then leaves me with the ultimate conclusion that is irrefutable. Mm -hmm. And this process of thought, is 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 drilled down into the way the French think, mm -hmm. okay. and it leads to some interesting interesting phenomena. Like there can be only one way to do things, mm -hmm. because if you want to achieve perfection, you eliminate and eliminate eliminate all the extraneous possibilities until you're left with the one final thing. Mm -hmm. So this can extrapolate itself into something as simple as. Um, there's a right way to have a French meal. And there's a process to that French meal. And that is the way. And it is it. the way. Yes. It is, it is, it is in many ways a, um, a one-way culture. Okay. Now, this doesn't mean that the French won't admit that there may be other possibilities to doing things beyond the, the, the conclusion that they've finally gotten to. But it takes a lot of information and a lot of processing to get to an alternate conclusion from the one that they, they already have. So you better come prepared. You better mm. be prepared. Yeah. And you better be prepared with details and minutiae and the whole encyclopedia because you're going to be questioned and the questioning process is a way of eliminating the things that can can that are incorrect so that you are then left with the things that are correct so the, the let me see if i can can pick up on what you're saying if we go to it's not so much that they're saying there aren't other paths to follow it's just that the purpose of following those paths is to eventually eliminate them, if possible, so you can find the one path that that is the right path. That is logically perfect. Okay. Right. And I can I can certainly see how that would go would would clash with my own nationality is from the United States, so that culture. For us, it's like, how many ways can we figure out to Precisely. do this? Precisely. <laughs> so it, it reorders your priorities. Yeah. So uh, La, Ma La Manche, the English Channel. Yeah. But the only the British side calls it the English Channel. In France, it's called La Manche, right? But the sleeve. Mm -hmm. But that water separates um, two different mindsets. Mm. And what you have in the French mind is this... This drive to logically find a perfect way of thinking, which will then eliminate all other ways. So you're left with the one final conclusion. Mm -hmm. That's deductive thought. Right. Which requires a lot of analysis, a lot of detail, 
so that you can eliminate most of it and you're left with the one the one true thing. On the other side of the channel, mm-hmm. you have a different set of priorities, which is I don't need to go through this rational process mm-hmm. or I don't need to create a deductive process of thought in order to come up with solutions to the human dilemma. Mm-hmm. Things as simple as experimenting mm. or just try it out and see. Yeah. Run it up the flagpole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Let's leave that crust of bread out on the out on the windowsill so that suddenly the next day Alexander Fleming comes back and into his British laboratory and discovers there's mold on it mm-hmm. and maybe we can do something with this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The French would never have discovered penicillin that way. Mm-hmm. They would have at first had to have come up with the concept of penicillin. Mm. And then find, Hmm. through rational thought, Mm -hmm. a way of getting to that. Okay. And and so what happens when these two come together? The Anglo thinking, the inductive thinker, and the Americans are Anglo thinkers. Right. The the inductive thinker says the deductive thinker, the French, are in a constant state of analysis paralysis. And they're only going to tell me the things that are about the process that they're going through. And mm-hmm. that's what they want to hear from me. And then the, the, the complaint on the French, the deductive side about the inductive thinkers is that we make quick decisions. We try this, that, and everything else. And if it doesn't work, we'll switch around and do something else. And if there's a problem, we'll fix it. Mm-hmm. But you don't plan ahead to solve every possible problem yeah. and never get, started yeah right and 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 these this is two fundamentally different ways of looking at the world right and it affects everything from how you dress how you eat how we organize our societies Mm -hmm. and -hmm. it's all based on rene (laughs) oh rene rene descartes when Well, I now know one of the one of the things that drives my wife crazy. I now know where I do get that from. Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah, because I will do the uh, let me plan this out. Let me plan this out. Let me plan this out. And what happens? But what if? But what if this happens? For and we haven't, you know, we haven't left the the the, the, right. the room yet. The paralysis. We haven't say exactly, and uh, that is very much what I'll do. So precedence, how we did things in the past, if we concluded correctly that this was the way we were going to do things way back then at some point, then it's going to take a lot of evidence and information to get them to change their mind. Sure. Right? And oftentimes the complaint that the French have and that your wife probably has, uh, that you might have with your wife on these things is that... But it's worked. This is the way it's done. And unless I see some some evidence to the contrary, mm-hmm. precedence determines how we build the future. It's supported and and therefore I and the and, and tell me if I'm wrong with this, but I think the concept is that the trip is as 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 important, if not more important than the final destination. Well, in fact, yes, you're absolutely right. The process has to be perfect. Yeah. And the French get a great deal of pride over over proving to you mm-hmm. that their process is correct. Yeah. Even if the practical result 
is still problematic. Right. Right. So I remember one time. Does it fly? No, but but it but, looks. But it's beautiful process. process. Perfect. It should fly. I don't know why it isn't. Damn it. Theoretically, <laughs> it flies beautifully. Yes. There was a joke once. Uh, <laughs> In The Economist magazine of two French managers talking to one another, and one said to the other, they said, well, you know, it, it, it'll it work in practice, but it'll never work in theory. <laughs> <laughs> Throw it out. Throw it. I saw this happen when I was visiting my, my, my friend in France. She, she and her husband have this beautiful chateau um, in the in the south. And it's a 15th century Moulin. It's a windmill, mm. actually. Oh, wow. And um, so it's a 15th century construction. Mm-hmm. There's always things that are falling Constantly. apart. Mm-hmm. Constantly, of right. So I'm invited over for dinner, and I arrive, and she meets me at the door. And, I, and she says, I'm sorry, je suis désolé. She's explaining to me that the plumbing isn't working, and they mm. don't have any water. Okay, but we're going to we have we have ways to handle all situations because we French have been through it all mm-hmm. and we've come up with solutions for these things. Right. So, in fact, uh, she said I called the the man and the man's coming over <laughs> mm-hmm. and I was present to watch this phenomenon of French deductive logic in action. Mm. So, we're there, he comes to the door, the plumber comes in and he has a ream of blueprints under his arm. And what does he do? I'm thinking in the States, when I call the plumber, he comes to the door and he says, okay, where's the problem? Mm -hmm. And he goes to the sink Mm -hmm. and gets under there and fixes it. Yeah. No, this fellow, monsieur, comes in, lays the blueprints out on the dining room table and proceeds to explain to us why the plumbing works. Ah. Oh, and he has the proof there, right there. Right there. So it is actually working. It's working. According to the blueprints. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then Cynthia goes. And then hands his bill. <laughs> Cynthia goes, <laughs> understood. <laughs> understood. Be- beautiful. But let me show you the problem. Mm. And she takes him to the sink, and there's no water. Mm-hmm. And he goes, something's wrong. <laughs> he goes back to the blueprints <laughs> to find the problem. Aha. Uh-huh. Uh, I thought this was my mouth perfect. just dropped. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So the the, the French yeah. have uh. developed, you know, into a revolutionary society where of course in the reality of things things change. Mm. New solutions have to be found. Sure. Old ones don't work anymore. Mm-hmm. So but for the French, in order to get to that point, the the pressure for change has to be extreme. And then it usually explodes and everybody comes out into the street mm. and we have a revolution. Mm-hmm. On the other side of a channel, we have an evolutionary culture where if things need to be adjusted, there's no precedent that says we can't do it. Mm-hmm. So just we evolve yeah. as we need to. Sure. And, and and I just think it's remarkable that culture has this power to determine all of these human behaviors in in, in, res, in response to almost any circumstance. Well, you know, we've talked about uh, the United States in relationship to its former motherland of, of Great Britain and how during the revolution we, uh, or since the revolution, we rejected so much from them. Now, the, the, the French and the Brits are, have... 
I'm going to say band not friendly occasionally over the millennia. Now, don't make an overstatement. Well, I think I made an understatement right there. <laughs> right. And, and they are... Uh, so is it fair in their own cultural way to say that they are in a constant state of rejection of each other um, that just continues to this day. I think when it's politically advantageous to take that position, then they do because they—it's a default position that they're very comfortable with. Sure, right. If I don't know that, it, as with many things culturally, I would think I don't—I don't know that it's—it's—it's it's, it's something that they see as as an obvious thing for them from outside looking at them. It's probably a lot easier to see than for them inside it. To be able to recognize in themselves. Yes, exactly. I, you know, I, I think from the very beginning of the EU days, mm-hmm. and certainly when they built the channel that connected. Mm, an know, amazing thing to have been agreed upon. Agreed upon, right. And even then done with a lot of grumbling and grinding sure, of teeth. I'm know. sure. Um, so when it's, in, when it's advantageous that these two cultures that are so distinctly different, mm-hmm. um, when it's advantageous that they work together, then they then they close their eyes and they do it when it's not sure. Can they default back to these old positions? Yes, they do. Of course they do. Sure. Sure. It's, it's, um, but, but I think that's fascinating. I mean, it is, isn't it? It is. It's because there they are and they're not in a, in a large area at all. When you, if you take the, the country of France and you take the country of England and you look at the two of them and you draw a circle around them, they are not, they don't make up a large space. And that that the sleeve or the channel between the two is not wide. No, and in pl- some places, really very pretty close. If you're a good swimmer, you can do it. And 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 some have <laughs> right. And so it's a it's a it's a to me that's a real interesting scenario built on the idea that these were two in the Western civilization. These were two powerhouses, along with Spain and Portugal, right? In in the development of the Western civilization, and so it was a constant arm wrestling match, of uh, really literally constant at times, hundred years at a time, with a, a of struggle against mm-hmm. each other. How can that not be deeply embedded? It is in in both cultures and in the. And simplistic reasons from the things we've talked of, about over the years in culture that are there in everyday activities that mm-hmm. they both uh, are involved in. That's right. And so the, um, I mean, one of the things that I've said, and I probably said on the podcast at some other time, it used to make me, in my drive sometimes late at night, I would listen to uh, broadcasts from the BBC and BBC radio. And, um, I would pick up um, them. It, it would be a direct broadcast out of London, and so it was. The, and at the time, Jacques Chirac was the um, was the uh, prime minister. The, 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 yes, or oh, the president, the president I, of not, France. Yeah, yes, right. And um, the the BBC, which is a very classy organization, um, broadcasting organization, constantly referred to him as Jack Chirac. Um, constantly. Jacques Chirac. To Jack Chirac. Chirac. Right. Yes, from Jacques Chirac. And they, and... they could have gotten it right. <laughs> and it was like consistently, no matter who was on. It was, and I enjoyed it immensely because <laughs> you knew back in the very deep recesses of their brain, there was something saying, "There, take that." 
in some form that they weren't even consciously aware of. <laughs> I would hope that it was unconscious, but that's not well, an excuse. It's not a I'm rationale for them it. With that, but, but right. yes, who knows? I can't. I can't point the finger at them and say you were doing it on purpose. Um, nevertheless, it, it, I found it enjoyable, and I don't. And my guess is it's on some level it would even be enjoyable in France for them to to hear that and annoying at the same time. And I'm sure there's some version of that coming from the other direction. Well, the fr- the French pride in their own language, and that um, if you don't speak it well, let's not speak it at all. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And, and so, you know, um, most French people have 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 some semblance, certainly in the big cities of of English, um, and it's a it is a universal language of communication and so yeah they can speak french they can speak english with you and will willingly do so when they hear that you're mangling their french mm. now but let me let me ask you this because i've you know visited paris and i've visited the the riviera section of of france down along the mediterranean and and through southern through southern france and i saw distinct differences in the in the cultures there as in all countries there's different regions have different uh, regional culture down in the south around the around the Riviera there was and still is a distinct language that is spoken uh, well the 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 province of Languedoc down there is based on the idea of a different way to say yes and Provencal it's as simple as that language <laughs> they yeah. they actually fought over uh, which way to say it so mm-hmm. that's where Languedoc comes from but but the um the I, I would say to people going to France to to think, attempting to speak the language, as as in many times you've said this about almost all countries, maybe all countries, attempting to speak the language is is will be beneficial to you. Except if you in 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 France, especially in the Parisian region, if if you do and you mangle it, there's a good chance they will tell you not to. And let's speak English. Yes. And, and that may be taken as, as being uh, rude or being offensive even to you for that, in that you've been rejected. Um, and yet, from what you're explaining, it's, it, it's a logical progression of who they are. And exactly. And my experience is that if, if you show interest and um, are willing to, to allow your French colleague, if they if they want to play the role to be your teacher, mm-hmm. then you will learn in a French teacher-student relationship, mm. which is in a Cartesian way of no, 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 until you get it right, mm-hmm. which is eliminating all the wrong things until you're left with the right one. Which is intriguing because in our society in the, in the United States, which reflects much of what, what uh, the, the British society does as well as that you were talking about before, no, no, no would make me be quiet. Mm-hmm. And yet, no, no, no is just eliminating the, the, doing what you know is going to happen, which is to eliminate the wrong path. Exactly. And find, until you find the correct one. This um, monodirectional way of looking at the world, mm-hmm. um, you see it in, uh, even in the architecture. Um, you see it in the way, the difference between a French garden and an English garden. Mm-hmm. For example, mm-hmm. uh, the two different traditions of w- the French garden is 
applying the rational mind to mm. nature mm -hmm. and controlling it mm. until you grow the things the way you want them to grow. Mm -hmm. It's the way you raise children. Mm. It's the reason why you can have a dog in a restaurant in Paris mm -hmm. because that dog is so well-trained mm. that it's not going to act, act out like an American dog would yeah. in, if you took it into a restaurant. Mm -hmm. So... You raise a child the same way. No, 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 until they get right. The English child, the English garden, is one where the tree and the child are both allowed to flower naturally mm -hmm. and not to yeah. be and not to be trained and constrained into the direction that we've predetermined you need to go. Mm-hmm. Because our process has said that's the best way to be. Hmm. Trained and constrained. Boy, that's, are, are we into rhyming couplets now? Are we back to Shakespeare? <laughs> Shakespeare. We are we're back. We're bringing this all the way around. <laughs> well, I, I'm glad you've explained uh, Cartesian to me because I thought it was a, a well. That's what I thought it was for years. It, it, it's a well. It, it's a well that one falls into and never gets out of. <laughs> because, <laughs> well, we know that's the wrong path. <laughs> Dean, I have a, a quick question. So you're talking about sort of the pride in the French language in France, right? Um, is there, you know, a similar sense of pride, generally speaking, in France for? Things like French cheese, French wine, champagne, which are very globally regarded. Absolutely. Right? Okay. Okay. The, these are products that have been the result of a process of continuous perfection. Mm. And it results in these extraordinary, what the French would regard as extraordinary products, mm. and, and many around the I world agree. agree. <laughs> yeah. And, and these are examples of what we can accomplish when we put our mind to the to to the issue to yeah. the process to, yeah. to the process so perfectionism is yeah. one of the results uh, and one of the hallmarks of french culture perfectionism around everything even something as simple as the creation of a certain kind of drink that comes from grapes mm, yeah you know and this idea of perfectionism in everything if you get a, get if you wake up in the morning and you have to get dressed, we all have to get dressed. But why just get dressed if you can make it as perfect as you can? Mm -hmm. So this idea of style and art and mm -hmm. joie de vivre and the way we do things is as important and maybe even more important than what we do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is all based on Cartesian thought. Mm. Interesting. And certainly something that you better pay attention to if you're going to deal with the French um, whether you're just traveling there and remember when we could travel there? Yeah. Remember mm. that? Can we go back? Is that, is that a thing? <laughs> I, think, huh. I think it's coming, but uh, who knows when? <laughs> um, um, well, you know, you know what? I've, I think that we have done the best that you, well, you have done the best you can to, uh, to, to introduce us to the Cartesian way mm. of, of the French and what that means to us now. At least it's a good start, and I think we can go back here and and look at it again and see. It, it's, you've mentioned this to me privately, and it, but that because that French influence, again, as you mentioned early on, some of that was because they were, like so many of the Western civilization uh, participants, trying to conquer the world um, through a period of Wasn't time. Wasn't always done with the best of intentions. No, no, I, I, oh, I agree. No, yeah. And, um, but they did spread 
these influences, as did the Brits and the, and the Portuguese and the Spanish and, and others um, around the world. And so you get that, that kind of influence in many different areas, resulting in many different kind of versions of it. That's very and I think that's another thing for us to talk about. I, I, I'd be really interested to talk about how you take a, a major culture and how it plays itself out um, in different parts of the world. Mm. Because, you know, there's French speakers in Belgium, there's French speakers in Switzerland, there's mm-hmm. French speakers in Canada, mm. and in the Caribbean, and in Africa. And these cultures have developed with significant French influence. Yeah. And yet, each one is different. Mm-hmm. Let's mm-hmm. talk about that. But not this time. Not can, now. Can we no. bring food samples and drink samples from all these? Because now I'm thinking about cheese and wine. And <laughs> oh, man. And I think oh, we should go get cheese and wine. And only right the best. Yeah. And only the best. Only the, only best. the best. Only the well, best. it will be the best if it's French. <laughs> right? For us. Sorry, listeners. <laughs> exactly. It's already you been determined. You just hear us chewing and drinking. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm sure that's what you want to hear. And slurring eventually. <laughs> right. All right. Well, well, thank you, Dean Foster. Merci, monsieur. De rien. Tom Peterson, un plaisir. Ooh. As always. Is that a swear? Well, I'm not sure (laughs) we can let that out over the airwaves. Um, So let me, I traditionally end this in a certain way, but I'm going to ask you, do you think you could uh, end this particular uh, podcast by saying what I traditionally say at the very end, but in French? Are are you capable of of doing that? May no. All right, fine. And uh, well, there you go. That kind of summed up the entire podcast right there. So, uh, yes, I am Tom Peterson, and, and, and I'm Dean Foster. And Torn, thank you for for your participation. Three in. Oh wow! Look at you. Look at you. I took French in high school. And uh, yeah, well, I'm glad to see something. So. Yeah, something. <laughs> well, oops. oops. Your culture showing. Smell you. Okay, listen. The way to get hold of us is oopscultureshow at gmail.com. And our Twitter handle is Oops Culture Show. Whether this is the first episode or the third episode or whatever episode that you've listened to, you should really subscribe. That's the best way to go, really. Honestly, I know what I'm talking about. All right, so just subscribe through iTunes or through wherever you get your podcasts from. Subscribe. Thank you.